0: Welcome to episode 5 of the Between the Mics podcast. I'm one half of your team, Ty Ferguson.
1: I'm the other half, Austin Smith.
0: And we are here to bring you all of our biased opinions when it comes to all things University of Georgia football. Uh, So coming this week, uh, much better feeling than what we had last week. Coming off a big win against Auburn Saturday night. Dogs looked great all phases of the game. Special teams, offense, defense. Um, it's a much different podcast this week. Not as much <laughs> frustrations. Um, a lot of things to be praised, and a lot of things to be happy about going forward um, when you look at our performance last Saturday.
1: Yeah, I I mean, honestly, I would say we had two wins on Saturday. I mean, our win against Auburn, like you said, complete domination throughout 24-3 to at halftime. And then Arkansas getting a win against Mississippi State, I think that makes our first week struggling against them look even better in hindsight.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, people are all over the Mississippi State bandwagon. Including I was, us. <laughs> I was one of those people. I picked them to cover their spread, which was 18 against Arkansas last week. Um, I didn't think Arkansas was a good team. I thought Mississippi State looked amazing against LSU. So I was going to ride the hype train. Yeah,
1: I mean, Mike Leach typically has a letdown game or mm-hmm. two. Uh, I mean, he always did at Washington State. I, I just always felt like it was later in the season. Uh, I didn't expect it to come this early.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even you last week, I mean, you talked about Barry Odom. You said, hey, I don't want to hear about the defensive coordinator. It's one game, and yeah. you can't have those guys playing. you can't all credit the defensive coordinator. Well, uh, now you're having a little bit more of a sample size with two games, and yeah. this looks like a different Arkansas team. So when you look at our game against them, we probably played a better team than what we actually thought we did. So yeah, definitely. It's, it's So we'll it, just it makes it better. seem like
1: it's not the same 2-10 and ten team that went uh, – like didn't get a single game in the mm-hmm. SEC last year, uh, so yeah. That so, like I said, we had the one win against Auburn, and then I felt like that was another win for us. But getting back to Auburn, like you said, complete domination every every single category of the game. Offense out to a quick and early lead, throwing the ball and running the ball. O line looked incredible throughout. Biggest improved group, mm-hmm. and then defense was just swarmed the entire time. Bo Nix had nowhere to go. Constant yeah. pressure, great coverage. Linebacking core is amazing. And then special teams continued uh, to be dominant under Scott Cochran.
0: Mm I agree. Yeah, our O-line played phenomenally on Saturday night. They blocked twelve. The backs ran hard. um, Gave Stetson time to throw back there. He never really got pressured. I'm – off the top of my head I can't remember them getting a sack
1: well the one time he got pressured he pulled that Russell Wilson move did the reverse <laughs> yeah. spin and threw a dart to Kierrus on the side
0: yeah we talked about his mobility so I mean that's it's just an added facet to the offense when you have a quarterback when a protection breaks down like that he can make a just terrific athletic play make a throw on the run and hit Kierrus on the sideline that was an awesome throw that kept a touchdown yeah to I mean no one's
1: going to confuse him for like Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson but just enough mobility. like mm-hmm. the I mean, we talk about it, the Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck-esque mobility. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as far as toughness running, but just ability to escape the pocket, extend the play, perhaps run for a good six or seven yards, get out of bounds or slide. He mm-hmm. he brings that to the table. And, you know, that was an element we probably didn't have with Fromm or with Eason. So. Yeah, definitely not with Eason.
0: <laughs> uh, but I agree with you, Fromm. It's probably been since Aaron Murray. Aaron Murray earlier on in his career at least. Yeah, and then they had
1: him stop um, running as much. Yeah, in the- earlier
0: <laughs> on his career, Aaron Murray could – which, Run a quick right note up. on the easton fronting
1: thing, it always looked to me on tape that Fromm was faster than Easton, uh-huh. but then you look at their 40 times in the combine last year, and Easton ran, actually ran a faster 40 than that's Fromm. Those long,
0: legs. Yeah. those long legs. So when we talk about Stetson, I mean, that's a big talking point. We discussed a lot last week about the quarterback controversy, quarterback competition, if you will. Um, Stetson Bennett, who we thought it was going to be, we pretty much both, Knew and kind of came to the conclusion. We thought it was going to be Stetson to, for, to at least start the game. Yeah. Uh, we thought we would see DeWan a little bit, but we, we thought we would get a decent sized sample of JT Daniels and we, we didn't see him at all. He didn't touch the field with a single snap. Um, for me, at least, for the time being, I think the competition's over. Stetson's yeah. definitely yeah. 2 one yeah. going forward, no matter what. Unless he gets injured, or God forbid, he does something just completely changes course to make the quarterback competition open back up again.
1: Yeah, I mean the biggest takeaway from it, honestly, is that I mean it seems like JT isn't even second string. Mm-hmm. I mean Dwan's the guy who came in at the end of the game, and that may come down to confidence about his knee mm-hmm. and how he they think he would fare with contact uh, with contact, and maybe they don't want to just risk an injury uh, when the game's you know that much in the bag, and they don't want to bring in a guy who. I mean, I would think that would be the best time to probably bring him in. Uh, but, yeah, so it seems like JT probably uh, doesn't even have the second spot. Stetson's got the position on lock, and yeah. it's his to lose, and it seems like he has the calmness and the composure to where he's going to keep it.
0: Yeah, composed is a good word to use. He never really got ahead of himself. He never got too fast. He never forced anything. Um, he made a few um, throws down on the goal line, which – um weren't, weren't particularly bad throws it was just really tightly contested defense um the so. there's a
1: couple throws i'm sure he would have liked to have had you know taken back uh i can think of the one that he threw to Kyrus, i think running along the sideline where if he had hit him in stride he would have mm-hmm. probably went in for the end zone same with uh Kieris going down the field yeah. when he was open by about 10 yards but that was about 50 yards through the air yeah uh, he he uh, got against he throw that so. He
0: got the read late. It was his. I mean, it was probably his third option on the play, going through his progressions. And thankfully, he could get it there. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it, a 50, 60 yard throw that he had to make. I mean, well, he got it. he, it's a strong armed guy to get it there.
1: Well, going off that, if you notice this, the name, I keep saying Kyris Jackson. Mm-hmm. They've been, you know, teams have been paying extra special attention to George. I, we've talked about that off the podcast for good, for good reason. Yeah, and. I mean, Kyrus has definitely solidified that number two on the other side, and yeah. he is feasting against every single defense he plays.
0: Yeah, we had the uh, we had the benefit, me and you, of actually getting to watch the game live. Uh, we attended the game last Saturday, so seeing it in person, you can kind of see the defense a little bit better than you can see it on television. You're not lined up right at the line of scrimmage; you can project how the secondary is playing. And that they had a single high safety or two high safeties shaded towards George's side the whole game. It was double cover George, double cover, cover George. Don't let George beat us. When George, when you have an alpha receiver like that who's drawing double coverage on every single play, it's going to open up plays for guys like Kyler Jackson, and he has had a huge start to the year. 130 yards against Auburn. Had a good good game against Arkansas to open the year.
1: Yeah, sure hands. Uh, that's yeah. that's what I really like. It's I mean, I feel like he's not as focused on yards after catches as a lot of guys are. Mm-hmm. So it's like he fell to the ground to ensure that he caught that yeah. ball that uh, uh, Stetson threw to him on both occasions. Yeah. The one on the sideline I was talking about and the one that was 50 yards down the field.
0: Yeah, but then you say sure-handed, but then again he also does have really good yard after the catch because he yeah. – third and 21 there in the third second half yeah backed up in our own territory usually georgia hey just draw (laughs) quick screen out there get three yards he picked up the first down i mean he was weaving in and out of blockers he's been a dynamic player for us this year and it's something that we needed coming into the season a second receiver to step up beside george pickens so that they could start drawing some of the coverage away from george because as we saw on george's touchdown when you get george one-on-one i don't think there's a corner in the country who can stop him one-on-one in a one-on-one battle i'm taking george pickens 10 times out of 10 yeah
1: it's only the truly special mm-hmm. guys uh on that side that could ever you know really stand a chance yeah. i mean and those are you know not that common so mm. but and then you know kind of going to the defense uh with our cornerbacks Holy crap. Yeah. Tyson Campbell is... Tyson Campbell. Truly emerging.
0: Yeah, emerging as a lockdown corner. It's something we always thought he could be. He has that long body, long arms, lightning fast. So, I mean, you always knew he had the potential if he could just learn to turn his head around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's been a recurring (laughs) joke for us his first three years. He's been a constant... threat of drawing a pass interference penalty against he's been called for his fair share during his time at georgia and a lot of them you look at the plays that he's getting them called against that he's in he's in position position. yeah perfect position other than just turning his head and trying to find the ball the refs aren't going to call it if you're trying to play the ball in the air too so yeah yeah. and
1: and so that's a great compliment for eric stokes on the other side Mm -hmm. so to go along with an amazing defensive line and then what i think is the best linebacking court and in all of college football, mm-hmm. we've now got two great cornerbacks on yeah. both
0: sides. To go along with the All American Richard McCown at <laughs> safety, perfect hybrid safety, hard hitter. He got, of course, he got ejected on what I think was just a bogus uh, target and call. I don't know how he could have hit him any other way with the receiver falling down. But
1: always helps to have your arms out. I think, <laughs> like, yeah, like you're going for an actual like form tackle. But yeah. Uh, I mean, so I'm thinking this might shape up to be the best defense we've had uh, under Kirby.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree.
1: I know 2017, it was, I mean, was quite the the defense. But that seemed like, honestly, this just seems like more of a group effort, whereas Roquan stole the show that season. Not saying the rest of the team wasn't good, but it's just yeah. every single guy across the board is, you know, just All-American caliber.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. We don't, we or we don't, or we, I don't guess we should say we don't. We haven't seen an alpha dog like Roquan emerge on this year's defense. But I see a lot of people that are on the defense who could emerge into that.
1: If you had to choose one, who would you say it would you think has the best chance in becoming that sort of player?
0: When it comes to the linebacker core, I would have to say Nolan Smith. Yeah. Um, just, he's going to be a monster. He's going to be able to rush the he's pass. He's probably or...
1: the right choice, mm-hmm. but just through the first two games, the way Aziz has played has been incredible to me. I just feel like he's constantly wrecking havoc all over the field, and then always in the backfield. I yeah. I mean, he had a sack this past weekend.
0: He's so. always in the backfield, getting tackles for a loss. Our the, the entire defense. There's you can handpick them. Aziz yeah. could be one. Nolan could be a breakout star. We've talked about Tyson. Um, we haven't even touched on Kobe Dean. Yeah. I mean, they're all over. They're yeah. littered all over the field. Yeah. It's just, can they take the next step?
1: The D line and the linebackers were all over Bo Nix the entire night. He was constantly running for his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, throwing the most ridiculous, just like bail out passes, getting intentional groundings. One of them should have probably been a fumble. Mm-hmm. And he just had nowhere to go. And, I mean, the few to- the only receiver it seemed like he could continually get connected with was Seth Williams, which is kind of what we expected. He's the best probably player on that team. But uh, that was just the most impressive part. I mean, I felt like we held Bo Nix in check the entire entire night.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um it was a big, we took a lot of strides in this Auburn game. You tell, you can definitely tell um, it was a focused effort by the group. They knew that they didn't play well against Arkansas and they came out to prove a point against Auburn. It was an amazing night all around for every single part of the fit team as we've touched on. But another part that we've already touched on that I would like to go into a little bit more depth in is just the offensive line completely different. We've talked about the quarterback play. We've talked about the defense. Um, The O-line, in my opinion, is what took the biggest step from week one to week two. Absolutely. Um, Against Arkansas, they looked slow. They were getting beat on blocks. Um, Ben Cleveland played probably one of the worst games he's played at Georgia. I think he even got pulled. Trey Hill ended up playing right guard, some against Arkansas. So to see the Georgia offensive line bounce back in the way they did against Auburn Saturday night, so pleasing to see and it's gonna be so important they continue playing well like that going forward.
1: Yeah, and Ben Cleveland, I mean, answered to that him getting pulled, yeah. I feel like he was the most impressive guy out there yeah. on Saturday. Oh,
0: he was mauling people, uh one SEC offensive lineman of the week for his performance last Saturday night, so he definitely had a bounce back. Um I think we found our right tackle in Warren McClendon. Um Trey Hill had a good game at center, Schaefer at guard, Salier at left tackle those guys were just moving off Auburn's defensive line all night long. It helps when you don't have guys like Marlon Davidson and Derrick Brown on the Auburn front, but they still got to stop. Yeah, they still got a they good. They a solid them. defensive line. Um,
1: I mean, who knows? You know, you had touched on this last week. Perhaps you know our running backs could have taken some of the blame for some of the offensive line struggles. Perhaps they weren't hitting their holes correctly, mm-hmm. but. This week, it seemed like they weren't seeing their first defender for the first three yards.
0: Yeah, Zamir was bowling over people. He was running hard. Kendall Milton got some good runs when he got in.
1: Oh, and my my already early favorite at the position, Kenny McIntosh. Love the way he runs. Yes. Speed, power, the elusiveness and the little just wiggle ability and getting between the tackles and just squirming for a few extra yards. Love the way he runs.
0: Yes, absolutely. I love it when – so – Every year at Georgia, when we start getting these running backs who get up into their upper class, you start seeing these guys, younger guys at running back, always emerge. In 2017, when Nick and Sony were seniors, we started, we had a freshman, DeAndre Swift, who stepped up. Last year, when DeAndre was a a junior, Zamir and James started playing. You saw a little bit of Kenny McIntosh last year. Now we're seeing Zamir get older, and we're seeing guys like McIntosh get even more reps. Seeing guys like Kendall Milton, it's it's really pleasing to see just a constant turnover at running back. But it's guys that are going to be able to carry the load, and
1: it's yeah. And that's not he, even including James Cook, who might uh, who's probably the biggest question for this weekend.
0: Yeah, um, got a little banged up against Auburn Saturday night. Kirby said he could have played. Yeah, that's what I think too. So, um, and I think probably along those same lines this week, wouldn't you agree? Um, If we have to He'll probably dress. But
1: I mean the luxury is As we just touched on We've got these other guys Mm -hmm. Who can Take over So There's no need to rush Someone back Who's not 100% When you've got other Playmakers back there Who can make a play
0: Absolutely Um, There's no need to rush Anyone back Especially when you Look at what's looming uh, Next Saturday (laughs) night I don't think we have to Really go into that yet We all know Who's coming next We'll touch on that Next week um, but you you would definitely yeah. want to be 100 percent healthy going into next week. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: I mean, we can go ahead and get to Tennessee if you want to. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think we pretty much touched on everything from the Auburn game. Is there any last notes that you had?
0: No, I think we I think we've pretty much covered it. It's a great performance all around. It was a great night. The one thing I did want to ask, and we could talk about from just me to you, I don't think we really discussed yet. Um, what did you think of the, just the overall atmosphere being in Sanford Stadium? How it compares to a regular Saturday um, with ninety-three thousand? What did you think of just being back in Athens and yeah, I mean, how well, it was? There, there was definitely
1: the, you know pros and cons to mm-hmm. the uh, the new uh, attendance. So I mean, first off, just you know the uh, the safety measures. I mean, I felt like you know there's some backlash mm-hmm. uh, on social media, but honestly, where we were. Mm-hmm. It was plenty of space. There's probably, you know, eight to ten feet between us and the next group of people. Uh, anytime I know we got up and uh, we w- were wearing our mask and same with uh, all of the people around us. Can't speak to the student section, which mm-hmm. I feel like is the area that was probably getting the most exposure online on social media and the most blame. Thank you. But outside of that, I mean... It didn't feel that much different. I felt like we were still able to make quite a bit of noise. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still 20,000 people yelling, and that makes quite a bit of noise. And then you add in the fact that they're allowed to pump in a little bit. It still seemed like Auburn had a couple of points where like Bo Nix was having to come to the line mm-hmm. to yell some stuff out.
0: Yeah, we still forced a couple false starts. Um, I agree with I mean,
1: my voice was gone the next day.
0: Yeah, so. I was very hoarse on Sunday morning. So, I mean, I think, least. I
1: mean, it made me proud because, I mean, I feel like we were still able to make an impact missing 70,000 people.
0: I agree. Uh, it was weird just walking around Athens. Um, obviously, no tailgating uh, when you walk. Traffic,
1: Traffic was incredible. <laughs>
0: incredible. In and out of Athens faster than I think I've ever been in my life which is not something. Going you, to the
1: bathroom, incredible. So there was definitely some pros. Yeah. You, could, you could stand up without having to be in people's way. You could mm. sit down without having, without having to worry about seeing over the people who are standing in front of you. So there was <laughs> there's a few pros about yeah. it. So
0: So I definitely agree. I, think I, I enjoyed the atmosphere on Saturday night. I still had a great time. It's always amazing being back between the hedges, um, and hopefully I will get the chance to catch another game maybe later this season. Um, but yeah, let's dive into Tennessee. Um, obviously, the balls are two and zero, coming off wins against South Carolina and Missouri. Um, not the greatest um, teams in the East, not the greatest teams in the SEC. But they've looked they've looked pretty good against them. Well, I mean, they've done
1: you know what they're supposed yeah. to do, which is. Honestly, more than what you can say for the – I mean, the previous iterations of this Tennessee team, they're now beating – I mean, and that's – I feel like the next step in the evolution uh, of them becoming a really good team, which mm-hmm. they definitely are going to uh, to become, it's them winning the games that they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so I feel like a lot of people would count this game off as an automatic win, but I'm, Tennessee definitely brings some stuff to the table. I mean, mm-hmm. most notably, they probably have the best offensive line in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Housing one of our former players in Cade Mays. Yeah,
0: I, I, I definitely think they have the best O line in the SEC, um, made up of three five stars off the top of my head. Obviously from left, you got Wanya Morris. He's a Georgia kid, probably around the Atlanta area. Um, Trey Smith, probably the top guard in the NFL draft this year. He's been there forever, playing left guard. And then you've touched on it, uh, the transfer from. Georgia Cade Mays. We all have uh, our thoughts on that. Um, How he, how the situation was handled. I have no hard feelings towards him. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, all of these guys are going to try to become immediately eligible. It just hates when, uh, you just hate when they have to make comments about the environment at the previous place. Uh, Yeah. But who knows? That may have actually been his experience. So, I mean, you have to, but, I mean, off the top, it does seem like, it's maybe something he was just saying to try to get some immediate eligibility, but that's an outside perspective. We don't know the inside events. It,
0: so. I mean, we say it at the top of the podcast we're biased. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He's a former Georgia player, so obviously we wish he was still playing for Georgia. I mean, yeah. he's a great player. He was. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Things it have to go against probably him. going to be, he was going to be our left tackle this year. So him transferring and and losing Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wilson, it left a hole in our offensive line, and that's why we've kind of had a question mark beside our offensive line before last week. So, I mean, it hurts. I wish he was still playing for Georgia, but.
1: It's it's going to be strength versus strength this this weekend.
0: Yeah, it's strength versus strength. I think when it comes to our defensive line, our offensive line, or their offensive line, our defensive line, if you will, I think it will be a wash in terms of our rush defense, their rush offense. They'll get their runs. We'll stop their run. We've rushed. We've had the ball rushed against us 50 times so far this year, and we're giving up an average of 2.6 yards per carry against our first two opponents in Auburn and Arkansas.
1: Yeah, I mean, compare that to them. I know, you know, rushing has been their their biggest yeah. uh, strength. And uh, Eric Gray, uh, quick note: 28 rushes so far this season for 145 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. They also like to split it up amongst their other backs, so they do have a great rushing attack. But as you mentioned. Uh, I think we have the best defensive front seven in all of college football. So. I,
0: would, I would definitely agree with you. So I'm excited to see that matchup. I like our chances in it. But when you have a great offensive line that we've touched on that like Tennessee has, they're going to get their blocks. What I think Georgia will end up doing is put seven or eight in the box, put more guys than they can block, and we're going to put it in the hands of Jarrett Garantano, their quarterback, who – from just following Tennessee fans and being friends with Tennessee fans. His pretty mixed uh, feelings towards Jarrett Garantano hasn't always been the best performer in the past. I think we're I gonna... love the dude. I love playing. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think we're going to put it in his hands and say, hey, take your best shot. Go at it. And I, I would hate
1: if he just had the game of his life. I would just hate that so much. I think it's going to take
0: the game of his life. I mean it's going to take a heroic effort from Jarrett. It's going to take a balanced attack, but that's what I keep coming back to. I like our defense, so I think we're going to force them to say, "Here you go, throw it. Can you do it I mean
1: I mean and I mean looking at his numbers against South carolina they they looked pretty good, but I remember watching the game and I just feel like there were several
0: he left. He used a lot of throws out there. Yeah,
1: which and you know against our secondary with a ball hawk like Richard LeCount, mm-hmm. um, th- those can very easily end up being interceptions. Yeah, so which is, I mean, that's also another strength versus strength. We uh, have had takeovers in both games, several in both games, mm-hmm. and compared to Tennessee, I am pretty sure they've only had one turnover so far this mm-hmm. season. They've only had nine penalties in contrast to us, so I feel like that's one of our only weaknesses as a team is our propensity to get some uh, get some flags, especially early in the games yeah so that'll also be Tennessee is a very disciplined team. It seems like they have good line play on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. They don't make turnover uh, they don't commit turnovers and they don't commit penalties, yeah which is why as we're seeing, they're beating the teams they're supposed to that's a good recipe for success
0: mm-hmm. I agree. When it comes to our offense matched up against Tennessee's defense, um, I think it's another uh, strength on strength. Obviously, our offense so far this year is, um, it's, it, or this year and in years past, and just in history in general at Georgia, it's predicated on the run. No matter what offensive scheme that we change to, no matter who our offensive coordinator is, when you play at Georgia and you're, you root for Georgia, The offensive philosophy is always going to be run to open up the pass. Yeah, it doesn't matter who the uh, the offensive coordinator is. It doesn't matter who's under center. It doesn't matter who's playing it wherever. We're running the ball to open up the pass. We're never going to be a pass-first team. That's just not who we are. So I think when you look at our offensive line, the way they are coming off a good win last week, I think Tennessee's strength, just like our strength, is their front seven. They have a guy, their linebacker position, who could be an all-SEC player this year at Henry Toto however the heck you say <laughs> yeah. his name. Uh, Bunch of O's. Yeah. So, I mean, he's an all-SEC caliber type player. They have some other guys mixed in on their defensive line, obviously former five-star Aubrey Solomon. He rotates in and out. And a couple other guys that are mixed in who could provide some trouble for Georgia. I don't think their front seven is nearly as strong as ours is on defense. Well, no. <laughs> but I think it will be tougher to run the ball on them than it was on Auburn which is what brings me to our receivers and Stetson. I think so far this year, Tennessee's been pretty easy to throw the ball on. I think Shai Smith for South Carolina had over 100. Missouri threw the ball on him a couple times last week. They haven't faced anybody like they're gonna face this Saturday. They haven't faced George Pickens yet. Kiaris Jackson's coming out onto the field. He's emerging. Jermaine Burton's out there. He's shown some flashes. Darnell Darnell Washington, a uh, huge tight end who's destroying people, mauling people on the up front on blocks, and
1: some backs who can catch out of the backfield. So yeah,
0: so I mean, but, but I mean, that comes down to you know,
1: I I love Stetson. I love the way he's played, but. Mm-hmm. It feels like this might be, end up being one of the games where it's not going to just be a game manager kind of game. It's going to have to be he's going to go out there and have to make plays, Which and he made, he made those plays this yeah. last Saturday. Of course, he made that with the convenience of a dominant rushing attack in an early lead. Yeah. But he'll have to, he'll have to probably take it up a notch against his Tennessee team.
0: Yeah. It helps that it's in Sanford Stadium. Obviously, you love playing at home. It's not, always, it's not what it would be in a normal 90-thousand. But like we've touched on, we still get pretty loud in there. They pump in some noise. We – Georgia fans in general.
1: I feel like rain always dampens the mood, yeah, though. it's, and it's supposed, supposed to, to rain, rain on Saturday, so. so. But who knows? I mean, and that also – we need to touch on that. I mean, that's honestly something I think plays in our favor. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, then at that point, like you said, we're loading the blo- uh, box against them and making Garantano make the plays. And nine times out of ten, I'm going to take that uh, mm-hmm. possibility. Yeah, so.
0: we've touched on it. We, I mean – our secondary is not a liability like we thought it may have been coming in. Tyson Campbell's emerging. Eric Stokes, is. we already know what he is. He's going to guard the best receiver. Yeah. Richard LeCount's out there. Louis Seen. I mean, we're going to load it up. We're going to say, hey, try to beat us. And I like our secondary and one-on-one matchups. And I'm looking forward to the game on Saturday. It should be a good game. I think they're going to play us a little bit closer than what Auburn did. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, so what was the score last year? Forty-three to fourteen. Four, yeah, 40 to one, forty-one to 43 to
1: fourteen. And so, you know, I see it
0: being much closer this year. Absolutely.
1: So, uh, well. and I mean, honestly, I could see it being close for you know the whole entire first half, mm-hmm. going into the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to be hanging around. I think it's going to be a second half game. We're going to be in the third quarter, and it's going to feel different. I mean,
1: and it's you see the final score to our game this past week, twenty-seven six. I mean. Yeah, we covered, and yeah, that's still a twenty-one point win against the number seven ranked team in the country. But it could have been so much
0: worse. We left a lot of opportunities. Kirby the field. is,
1: you know, the kind of guy. If he has the lead going into the second half, he just wants to. Yeah. I mean, he he, he just co- wants, he coasts. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, when you have the runbacks that we do, mm-hmm. you have that luxury to do that.
0: Which it's not always. I wish he would just. I want to see us just run it up on somebody.
1: But for those who watched the game, mm-hmm. they saw it was twenty-four to three at yeah. halftime. So. Just say that to note that you know that final score could have been much higher, and yeah. so
0: we could have yeah. hung forty on them yeah. had we wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, we've kind of touched on where we think we match up well, where we think we don't. Or this Saturday, um, how do you foresee the game going, and what do you think will happen on Saturday? Give us, give us your pick
1: yes also thankfully last week I was wrong uh, I mean I had us winning the game but I uh, I had us not covering. so <laughs> that was really nice to be wrong and I mean I will take that ten times out of ten being wrong on that so uh, this week I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 20 28 to I'm gonna say 28 to 17
0: okay it's a pretty it's a favorable score
1: yeah and so I think that would have us uh, not covering because I think we're favored by twelve. Okay. So uh,
0: when I look at the game, um, I keep I've said that I think it's going to be competitive. I think it's going to be a second half game. We're going to they're going to hang around. They're going to bang on us up front. They're going to try to run the ball because that's just who they are. Um, that they, they Jeremy Pruitt wants to be a physical team, just like Kirby Smart wants to be a physical team. You look at the two teams. I mean, they're kind of built with the same mentalities.
1: Um, which makes sense to yeah. defensive coaches. Yes, defensive
0: so. coaches, Saban disciples, I mean, yeah. we so. can say it. Um, but when it comes down to it, yeah, they run the same schemes. But when you look at the rosters, you look at the guys when they're out actually out on the field, the only spot that Tennessee really looks like Georgia right now, which they're coming, they're on their way, is their offensive line. Because of that, Georgia's just got more dudes. We've just got depth all over the field. Rotating in twenty plus guys on defense, receivers all day, running backs all day. I think Georgia's I think it's gonna be close throughout. But I think we pull away in the end. I think we win something like thirty four to fourteen. I think we cover the spread in the end. But I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be closer than that. The final score is gonna look worse than what it actually was, in my opinion, which is a different than what it was Saturday night. Gotcha. So
1: I mean, how about the SEC East? Uh, yeah, uh,
0: a lot of people on uh, social media have been talking that they think the East might have caught them up.
1: So, I mean, I would still say Alabama's overall the best team uh, in the conference, but as far as depth goes, it's it feels like the SEC might, uh, or yeah, the, the East mean, might have the, the better uh, division this year. Yeah, I mean, but it looks who like. Who knows, it's early, so, I mean. It looks
0: like LSU may be a little bit down this year, um, so, yeah. so I'm, I'm excited to see us on Saturday night and. I'm excited for the the SEC East to finally get some respect on this side of the conference.
1: Uh, I would I would much rather not have that respect. Have Tennessee and Florida sucking again, and just have us feasting <laughs> <laughs> up. But yeah, I, mean, so, I guess it does also look good if the, the if the division plays well uh, as a whole. But so let's go ahead and get into our picks for yeah. this
0: weekend. So let's uh, let's wrap up how we did last week to to start it off. Okay, so we picked seven games.
1: Yeah. Uh, Overall, let's not go through all of it. Just We'll say the the most notable thing is we both picked uh, State to cover, (laughs) and they ended up losing outright. You picked Ole Miss to beat Kentucky outright and to cover, but you do not get extra points for that. That still just counts as one, and I got the same. So overall, I had a four and three week. You had a three and four. It's early. It's only week three. All right. So for this week, we already touched on this. Tennessee at Georgia. Georgia is favored by 12. You're saying cover. I say cover. I had on my notepad cover, but I said in this, don't. And I'm going to stick with my guns on that. I'm going to say they don't cover, but still dogs on top.
0: Yes, sir. So uh, the next game we got on the docket is LSU versus Missouri. Uh, What you got in that one?
1: So LSU is favored by 14. 14, yeah. So I am going to say that they cover that spread. Uh, Missouri has uh, lost against both Alabama and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I would compare LSU's team to about the same quality as Tennessee's. They lost by more than uh, 14 to them. So I'm, I'm just going that's what I'm basing it off of. I'm gonna mm-hmm. say LSU
0: covers. Yeah, I, I agree. LSU had a good bounce back win against Bandy last week. They looked pretty good. Um, Missouri's kind of down. I'm gonna say LSU, they cover the 14 point spread. Right, so what should be a a,
1: a good game, hopefully, is uh, Florida at A uh, and a and M has maybe started the season a little bit slower than what they anticipated, but they still got a stud in Kellen Mond. Florida's offense has been putting points up like crazy. Mm-hmm. Defense has kind of been allowing points like crazy as well, but you know some of that also could be you know having the lead, and I feel like sometimes that can uh, your defense maybe won't play as fired up in that case. So, they are fa- uh, Florida is favored by six and a half. I'm going to say that Florida c- covers that. They win by a touchdown.
0: So Yeah, A&M is probably the team who has been hurt the most by the opt-outs. Um, Florida's offense has been just world beaters this year. Um, I'm going to say Florida covers six and a half.
1: Okay, and then we have South Carolina and Vandy. Yeah, I think Vandy's coming off of a, uh, a demolition Yeah, at the hands of LSU. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina is favored by twelve and a half. I am gonna say that they cover.
0: I'm gonna say they don't. I um, think I don't think South Carolina's offense is that great. Um, Vanderbilt's typically got a usually got a decent defense. So you don't think South Carolina wins not. by two touchdowns? No, I do not.
1: Alright, so next one I got on here is Arkansas at Auburn. Yeah, the Auburn Tigers, who we just. Correct. Demolished. So, let's see. Auburn is favored by fourteen. I'm going to say that they do not cover that.
0: I agree with you. I, I feel like
1: that'll be a close game. Arkansas looks good. So.
0: Arkansas has looked good. I think they will. I think Auburn wins, but not by fourteen.
1: And hope. I mean, hey, if they keep it close that once again, that only makes Georgia look yeah. better in that week one struggle uh, that we had against Arkansas. So next game, Alabama at Ole Miss. Alabama is favored by a whopping twenty three and a half points, which is I mean, Alabama is incredible, but Ole Miss has been putting up
0: yeah. quite a bit of points. So, I mean, thirty-eight against Florida, forty-two against Kentucky. They've been scoring points. So, so I'm going to say they don't just because I mean, you said it
1: earlier, or even before we came on here. Alabama's going to have to hang a lot of points in order to beat uh, beat yeah. them by four. I mean, by twenty-four points. I mean,
0: Ole Miss is probably going to get up there in like the twenty-seven to thirty range, if I had to say. So, I mean, Alabama would have to hang sixty probably to cover. I don't think they're going to because I think they're going to take the foot off the gas just because they got us next week. Yeah, so, I mean, I, mean
1: I, I would say, you know, Alabama wins by three touchdowns. They still don't cover on this. So yeah. I'm going to say Ole Miss uh, covers their spread. And last game that we got for the week uh, is Miss State at Kentucky. I'm going to, uh, well, I should note Kentucky's favored by two and a half. So this is really just kind of one of those games. It's like, who do you think is going to win? Just to pick them. Uh, and I'm going to say that I think. State gets the win. Mm-hmm. They've had Mike Leach has had his uh, down game. I feel like his next one won't come for several weeks. Uh, so I'm going to say that State wins outright, and therefore Kentucky does not cover.
0: I agree. I think Mississippi State will win the game if they bounce back against Kentucky on Saturday and get a dub. So I that think that will do it for episode five. Uh, we thank all who have listened. We thank all who listened. To the episodes last week and all the previous episodes, uh, can't wait to get back with you guys next week. Wrapping up what we hope to be another Georgia win, and looking forward to the probably the biggest game on our schedule next week um, when we play at Alabama. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough task next week, but right now we just need to focus on Tennessee, getting through Tennessee. Yeah, and then it. we turn all our eyes towards them. But I just hope that they don't look past Tennessee because, as we talked about, they're an improving team. We need to have all our attention on them. Don't let any distractions about who we play next get in our way of handling our business on Saturday. So, yeah. So we thank you guys for listening, and as always, go dogs!
1: Yeah, go dogs! Feel free to give us a like, uh, or follow, or uh, subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. As Ty said, go dogs. Yes, sir.